Hi there. As the world is opening up again and we're all starting to do a bit more travel and I'm planning my own travel at the moment, I thought I would share some of my tips uh, about traveling on a budget and also how to just generally travel um, a bit more efficiently so that you can enjoy yourself more on the actual trip. All right, stay tuned. Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Travel. I don't know about you, but just the idea of it has always just really thrilled me. I love traveling. I love the expansiveness of it, the the fun of being somewhere new, the experiencing different cultures and food and people and language. And there's just so much about it that I love. And it could have been probably in my blood. I do have gypsy blood if I go three generations back. <laughs> um, but um, I also started traveling with my parents when I was about four years old which back in the early 80s, I'm showing my age here, uh, was was a little bit unusual. Um, but because, you know, my, my parents had no real family in Australia, um, they would travel back to see family in, um, in Macedonia, where my, my father's from, and also in Austria, where my mother's from. And we would do it mainly during the summer holidays here, which is winter over there, because my mother was a school teacher. And that was when she got her big six-week school holiday break. So that was kind of the only time we really had the opportunity to travel because then it used to take a really long time to get over there. Now you can get to Europe in 24 hours, but it used to be like 30 plus hours to get there. So if you're going to endure all the travel, you would generally stay for a minimum of a month. Um, So now, and also because I I then managed to pick up the travel bug as a result. So I've done quite a bit of traveling um, in my time and I just, I love it. And different, different places, different experiences. I don't, I don't always stay in hotels. Um, I, when I was younger, I used to, well, I wouldn't say backpack, but I would stay in hostels. Um, and it, and then I would crash on couches. Pretty much anyone who offered um, a room or a couch, I would accept. <laughs> so I've, um, I've seen a lot of home lives as well, which I really enjoy because when you stay in a hotel, I don't know, there's, there's a, depending on the hotel, there's a, there's a very kind of just generic feel to it. Um, I do really like staying in little family-run places. And yes, they are cheaper, but it's more the um, the experience. I remember years ago, I, I picked this hotel. It was a three-star hotel in Barcelona, right on the Ramblas. And... Um, and everything matched the it was very floral the um the bedspreads matched the curtains which matched the wallpaper and it was it was a lot of floral um it was so cute and it it was clean it was central i paid a little bit extra to get a balcony so we could like sit and people watch at all the all the um the tourists mainly walking um along the the las ramblas if you've ever been to barcelona you'll realize it's like the happening place and um but to be honest the main reason i picked the hotel was because I had a Labrador on reception. <laughs> I do love dogs. And um, I was really disappointed when we arrived because there were, the dog wasn't there. And they said, oh, oh, he only comes in on the weekends. I was like, thank goodness we're staying. Like, we stayed for five days and we were there for a weekend. I was like, because I want to see the dog. That's one of the reasons I booked this place. <laughs> so we can we do all sorts of things when, when traveling. And I, I am a little off track from where I wanted to start. So I'll, I'll get back on track. 
So when when you when when you think of travel, apart from the fun factor, there's also the cost, um, whether it's time um, or the actual like physical money outlay as well. And we're we're in a kind of an artificial environment when we're traveling because yes, we still have to feed ourselves and we we are staying in different places and we're moving around and we're paying for transport. Like our expenses go up, and generally at the same time we're still paying for some stuff back home. You know, where we're still paying for our mortgages or rent or rates or electricity. Like there's still stuff, phone phone plans. All of this still has to get paid for. So it's it's almost it's it, there's a duplication to a certain extent in expenses. And I realize it it shouldn't really come down. To to that necessarily there's the experience factor too but you don't want to be paying for this trip for an endless amount of time when you get back because you know the fun will very abruptly come to an end so um one of the there's a few things that I'll, I'll go through one of them is actually like saving for a holiday rather than putting it on a credit card um, and what to do and how to do about go about doing that and then when you're actually away um, as well, like I, I remember traveling with friends a number of years ago and um, they were quite amazed at how much I brought my lunches with me and even had breakfasts in the hotel, not necessarily, you know, unless it was included in the room rate, but I wouldn't go and buy breakfast. I would generally just have, because I don't eat a huge breakfast anyway, generally. Um, so there, So it's preparing for picnics, I call it. Um, and then there's the packing aspect of it too. And how to pack more efficiently, knowing that you will probably fill a suitcase, but then you also don't want to pay for um, things that you've forgotten. Um, And then you also don't want to pay for excess baggage either. And then booking ahead for some things is actually cheaper. Um, But then also when it comes to going to see production, sometimes it's actually better to not book ahead and just take last minute or waitlist tickets as well. So I know we did that when I was in New York City um, and that worked out quite well. And then there's the accommodation side in it itself too. If you're traveling, like obviously when I was just myself traveling, I could stay anywhere. You know, the the um, hostels were, were generally cheaper, sometimes little hotels. Uh, but as I've gotten older and the family's expanded, um, we can't all fit necessarily in, in one hotel room. So buying, paying for two adds up. So then what are the alternatives? So there, there's some of the things that I'm, I'm going to cover. But so I'll go back firstly to funding the whole trip in at the, you know, budgeting for it, I suppose. And this is one of the things, if you've listened to some of my other episodes, I'm a real proponent of what I call the fun fund. So I like to save, obviously, for for a trip. And um, and the last few years has given me ample opportunity to do that because I haven't been able to go anywhere. Our borders were shut. We weren't able to really do much. Admittedly, I still managed in a few domestic trips. I even managed to go to Uluru, which had always been a dream of mine. Um, so so I have my, my fun fund isn't probably as big as it would have been if I hadn't gone absolutely anywhere. But I still like to to put a certain percentage of what I earn um, aside every every month. And it, it just grows and grows. And that's not to say I have to blow all of it on one trip. I actually prefer to have some leftover when I come back, A, because sometimes there are added expenses that you, you know, if you have to use a credit card, you kind of go, oh, right, that's right. I, you know, something happened and I had to pay for whatever, or I found this really awesome thing that I absolutely wanted because I'm not about saying you can't spend and splurge and enjoy because let's face it when you're traveling you're you know you're you're in a different environment you're bound to find things that aren't part of the world that you would normally find and it's nice to take mementos home i i've moved from trinkets when i was younger to things like you know i'll I'll buy 
I don't know, a dress or a shirt or a watch or a handbag or whatever it is. And whenever I use or wear that item back back here, I'm like, oh, I remember that trip where I bought this. And it just, it brings back memories. So we're bound to do things like that. And I certainly would not want to travel um, without being able to at least do a little bit of splurging or... In, um, we were in London for our last big holiday, and I really like Antonio Carluccio. He was an, uh, an Italian um, co- uh, chef, cook, who, who created a bit of a, uh, an empire, and he had um, his flagship, one of his flagship restaurants in London, and I really wanted to go eat there. So um, we did, and um, and that was – I was like, oh, my gosh. And then when I, when I was there, I saw um, his autobiography. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, it's, it wasn't the cheapest thing in the world either, but things like that, you just – you know, it, it adds to the experience to be able to do them. So factor in a certain percentage of your income every month, put it away in a high interest bank account and just let it build, let it build. It's not there to, to pay bills. Um, you know, there's other funds for that. It's not there for emergencies. Although if, you know, all else, if, if, you know, things really, really, you know, go pear shaped, then obviously you use whatever funds you need. Uh, but it's there preferably to use for fun. You could don't have to use it for travel even. Um, i I travel is my, my one of my passions and photography, um, but I sort of I, I've managed to accumulate a lot of the photography equipment that I want, so I don't really need anything else. So most of it now goes to fun um, of travel, um, but it's whatever that fun is for you. But in this case, I'm going to talk about travel. So that's funding the travel and then trying to prepay as much as you can beforehand. A, it locks in exchange rates, uh, which can swing either way. So it could benefit or not. Um, But then also it means that you've got less, you don't have to carry as much cash with you. You don't have to worry about whether your credit card's going to get maxed out or fees that you chart like there's there's so many things like now on this trip obviously our we've um we're heading over to um to see family in germany and then we're going to do a little bit of a trip down to italy as well and um prepaid obviously all the flights and all the accommodation um we're going to legoland so i've pre-booked and paid for all of that um when i pay for accommodation if it has like a 50 percent deposit i usually do that just to break up the costs a bit because you know they it all adds up all of a sudden thousands of dollars um so when you when you're funding it and and paying for it all then and you've got the money there that really that's helpful plus then also budgeting in spending money not just a credit card (laughs) actual spending money if you want to put that spending money onto your credit card you can do that and then at least it's kind of secure or get out like a travel card with the funds especially if they're it's a foreign currency um but yeah but we're not looking at credit card here for spending money um so that's that's sort of that's paying for the actual trip and then comes what do you do when you're there? And obviously, you know, you can go out for nice dinners and a few nice things here and there. But if you're going to be buying breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks for every single day, like in our case, we're going away for a month. That's a that's an expensive trip. Um, and to be honest, I just like, get sick of eating like bought food all the time. I like to make some food or I just want something simple, like just some muesli in a bowl um, or, you know, a boiled egg with some toast. You know, I, I, I actually quite like very simple food and I'm vegetarian. So um, it's it's, you know, I, I find a lot of vegetarian food quite um, heavy when you, when traveling, especially to certain countries. You know, it's like risotto or some sort of creamy pasta or and I'm like, I just I just want a salad and you know a piece of toast or something something simple um and light um so so i one of the first things i do and actually i actually really enjoy this but one of the first things i do when i arrive in a place is i go to the supermarket um apart from the fact that it's actually really fun to see what kind of foods you get there and you know there's a supermarket near where my father-in-law lives and they have about 10 different types of plain flour (laughs) 
I was like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Here we have like a few different brands, but there it's like 10 different types. And then come the brands on top of that. You know, there's your zero, your double zero, your triple zero, the whatever. No, there's so many different types of flour, but it's, it's quite fun. I also like the chocolate as well. I like to see where, especially because he's, he's where my father-in-law is, is near Switzerland. So really nice chocolate. Um, so I like to, I like to have a bit of a browse and then obviously buying some food, you know, some breads and some, um, cheeses or in my case, vegan cheese and see what, interestingly to see, cause since I've, I, since I'm, I've gone the last time, I've actually become very much dairy free. So, um, I'm going to be really curious to see what sort of, um, dairy free cheeses <laughs> And the things that they, they actually have over there. I, I, that was a different world for me five years ago when I was there last. So just buying some some food. And I, I carry with me sort of like picnic um, cutlery and those collapsible sort of camping cups and bowls just to have things on hand so you can eat. I mean, I, I did that mainly from when my daughter was little, um, but I've just found it so practical. So just carrying things like that that help you to be able to, even when you go out, I still remember years ago, I was in um, Positano with some girlfriends and the best meal we had was we went to the local sort of supermarket deli. We got, we had a caprese salad basically, and we made it ourselves. And oh, we sat on the steps of the church and ate the this sort of self-prepared with buffalo um, uh, mozzarella and some tomato, which we chopped up and some fresh basil. And we had a little bit of um, um, balsamic glaze and we just drizzled it over. And oh my gosh, I still to this day remember that delectable salad that we ate that we just like cheaply bought, put together because we were all like very early on in our adult lives. So we didn't have a huge amount of money, but it was like the best meal. So it doesn't always have to be fancy restaurants um, and being able to be a bit more self-sufficient with food can be really handy and it's also it helps save money too so there's there's multiple layers to this um packing is also another thing that i i am even though we're not leaving for a few weeks i have pretty much packed mainly because i try and minimize what we bring and my daughter and i share a suitcase and I don't know if you, I'm trying to pack for warm weather, rainy weather, coolish weather for myself and my soon to be eight year old <laughs> and trying to pack all that into one small, like not massive suitcase, like um, one medium sized suitcase is no um, small feat. So <laughs> I have to be very strategic about what I put in there. Plus, I also like to bring the things that I don't want to have to sort of buy all of a sudden and pay top dollar for, like headache tablets or some medicines for my daughter or any medicines that I might need, um, toothpaste, shampoo. And the other, I, I have this shampoo conditioner bar that I buy from Seed and Sprout. And it's just, it's really awesome. It's just this small little bar. Um, it's one thing. It's not bulky. It's not heavy. It really, it's great for traveling. Um, so being able to, to carry things and some snacks to get you through the trip so that you're not sort of forced to go and kind of maybe buy something horrible like you wouldn't normally want to buy but you need food um so to get you to, to tide you over until you get to the supermarket at the other end so things like that and i use packing cells to sort of keep it all together and it's very then easy to pack because i'm literally just piling in about six or so packing cells and then it makes it easy to unpack. Anyway, it's that, that's more organization than, than um, budgeting, but it does tend to make things a lot easier to do and you don't have to buy so many things um, that you may miss out on. And my tip for this is packing list. 
I have an Excel spreadsheet because and anyone who knows me will chuckle because I have an Excel spreadsheet for pretty much anything. You can do it just on a in a Word document as well. It doesn't have to be a spreadsheet. But I literally have a list and it's changed and grown a bit as um my daughter's grown older and I do I take the different things with me. Um obviously I used to take other things when it was just me and then now I try and take less because I have things for my daughter um and as she's gotten older there's different things that she needs like she doesn't need sleep sacks anymore because she doesn't sleep in them um and all these different things but I have a list and it makes it really easy to pack because then I can check stuff off and then I preferably don't miss anything and if I think of something while I'm away I'm like geez I really wish I had blah I'll put a little note in my phone and I'll add it to my packing list when I get back home (laughs) So yeah, I'm, I'm probably almost too organized, but I find it really easy to to then pack and not like miss things that I then have to like hurriedly buy um, when I get there. Uh, like I said, booking ahead is is pretty good too. Because a you actually get to go to the places you want to go. Like I, I still remember years ago I was in San Francisco, and um and I always tend to book you know like minimum three to four months ahead depending. Um, this particular trip. I can't remember. Anyway, I booked ahead and I, I found, I actually found it really hard to try and find accommodation in San Francisco. And I found out later why. I ended up finding this nice little motel. I needed somewhere that had parking because we had a hire car. And we were at the reception there one day and this couple came, they were looking for a place to stay and the motel was full. And they're like, oh my goodness, everywhere is full because there was a big Oracle conference with 16,000 delegates in attendance and everywhere in the city was booked out. And I was sitting there going, I'm so glad that I pre-booked things um, because you never know unless you kind of look at what's on in that city when you're going. And that that can just be a little bit too much if you're going to multiple places. Um, I do like to to pre-book. Um, especially if I'm going during summer or peak seasons. So booking ahead tends to be um, something that works quite well for accommodation. Um, and when it comes to the type of accommodation, I do tend to book Airbnb quite a lot now because I travel, there's four of us traveling, um, varying ages as well. So my stepdaughter is in her early 20s. My daughter is eight. Then there's my husband and I. Um, and it's just, it's so much easier. I want us to be together. And so I don't necessarily want two hotel rooms. And even if you do, because I've been, I've, I've done this before where I booked two hotel rooms and they're on different floors. I was like, I don't want to be like three floors away from my, you know, three-year-old child, you know, um, you know, and then, then my husband would, anyway, it just splits up the family. It's just the whole concept of getting an adjoining room um, doesn't always pan out. So I tend to book, you know, two bedroom places through Airbnbs and, you know, sometimes they hit and miss, but for the most part, it's, it's worked out quite well. And I always look for the reviews and all of that. And they generally tend to be a bit cheaper um, too. So, and you can get, you get a bit more of a local feel. We stayed in this, in this really gorgeous place in, um, in a little t- fishing village called Mevagissi in Cornwall. And oh my goodness, it was apart from the fact that the house was exquisite and the, the owners were just really, really sweet and delightful. The village itself was adorable. We never would have gone there if I hadn't sort of tried to find a place that was sort of central to use for other um, places to visit. Uh, so you get to you get to see things that you just normally wouldn't see and it adds to the experience. So, um, yeah, there's other, you know, there's stays and there's other different places um, that, that exist around as well. Um, and then when it comes to when I talk about booking ahead for accommodation, the one thing I would suggest potentially not booking ahead for is shows, unless it's a show that you really, really want to see. Like I really, really wanted to see. I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. 
So the couple of times I've been to London and the last time we went, which was five years ago, um, I wanted to see Agatha Christie wrote two plays in case you, you know, ever wanted to know that. Um, and I'd seen The Mousetrap uh, about 10 years earlier. Um, and But she had another play called Witness for the Prosecution and it was playing in a old courthouse in a place which actually wasn't far from where we were staying and I booked it beforehand because I thought I don't want to get there and it's booked out all those crappy seats and I miss out and we're only here for five days I was like I'm booking it so and I'm glad I did because the ticket sold out so we wouldn't have been able to go while we were there because we were there right in the middle of July so it was peak season so that sort of thing but if you if you want to go say you're in you know in London or New York and you want to go to a show and you just you rock up in Times Square and you just see what's what's playing that day or the next day sometimes you can actually get some really good deals so it really depends on what you want and what's important to you and and if there's a particular show like I did this in New York I didn't really care what I saw we ended up seeing Jersey Boys which turns out to now be one of my favorite musicals behind Mama Mia and because I also love ABBA anyway and that just that worked out really well so well I'm I've seeing the show I wouldn't have normally seen I didn't realize it was about Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons and I happened to really enjoy their music so it actually worked out really well it could have gone the other way though and I'd seen something terrible but it worked it worked so um, just have a think about that whenever you're booking and you want to go places and you like going into the theater um, the last thing I'll talk about quickly then is um, in terms of packing primarily for on the return journey so um, excess baggage is an absolute killer. I have paid it before and it's um, I don't like paying for it because you're already paying for bags in your in in your ticket. Uh, obviously, if you're traveling through the US, you get a lot more luggage, like it's two by 32 kilo bags, um, which is amazing. But you go to Europe and it used to be like one 20 kilo bag. I think they've upped it now to 24 kilos and some airlines will still let you have 32. Um, but it's 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 a, it's a it's a killer of a thing to pay for. And like I said, my daughter and I share a suitcase on the way over, but I actually pack a fold up duffel in there. For the return journey, knowing that perhaps, most likely, we all end up buying stuff. And rather than getting ex- paying for excess baggage on one of the bags, I have another one that I can put things in because we only had one on the way over. We're each allowed a bag. So then on the way back, um, we have two. And on the way back, it's not as big a deal because I don't have to carry a whole stack of things around. Well, if we're traveling from place to place, I've only got one bag to deal with if we do that. But on the way back, I'm going home. So I don't mind if I have two. So it's just thinking ahead a little bit, I suppose, is is where that's coming from. But yeah, you definitely do not want to um, pay excess baggage. One way to do that is don't buy these mega suitcases because A, the suitcases themselves have some weight. And secondly, if you got the space, you're likely to fill it. Um, I don't know about you, but anytime I've had a bigger handbag, I've always filled it. And somehow if I have a smaller one, I somehow manage with that too. So don't buy the really mega ones. Try and buy something that's a little more moderate in size um, and then you're going to be less likely to overfill it with stuff that will end up being over the weight limit. So I'll just recap what I went through. Firstly, save for your trip. Start a fund fund or a travel fund or whatever you want to call it. Um, but save for your travel. Really, I would definitely suggest no, um, no credit cards, including for spending money. And then prepare for picnics. So bring some things like some cutlery, uh, plastic cutlery, your collapsible bowls or cups and things like that. And go to supermarkets. They're really, they're actually quite fun. And just buy a few things that will help tide you over for, say, you know, breakfasts and and lunches. Um, And then maybe even occasional dinner here and there. 
Um, and then have a packing list. Be prepared for the things that you might really need, uh, especially when it comes to like medicines. If you're traveling with children, you probably do this anyway. Uh, but just so that you don't have to buy stuff that unnecessarily over there, uh, wherever you're going. Um, book ahead for accommodation and look at the type of accommodation and the location that you want to be in. Consider if you've got a car, a high car or not, um, and how you can best minimize parking costs and things by actually getting um, an accommodation might be a little bit further out, but includes parking. Um, if you're going to shows, see what it's like to not book. If you if there's, if you don't mind what you go see, um, and then you could get some good sort of last minute deals. And then um, try not to pay for excess baggage. Just plan your your um, suitcase arrangements a little bit um, and see how you go. So there's there's a little bit on, on travel, which, you know, I, I love talking about. Um, but hopefully some of those tips have, have helped. You might already do some of those, but maybe there's something new to give you some more ideas. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day.